Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. David is joining me today so we can revisit a topic that's proven to be super helpful to families as we've talked about it over the last couple of years. We're going to be chatting about goals because the truth is that every person and every family has a goal, whether they've actually taken the time to think about it or not. That goal is what drives their activities. We're also going to dive into what happens when we don't take the time to think about how our actions go in line with what we want to achieve within our families. And then a whole lot more than that. So you don't want to miss a moment. For most families who are listening to the Homeschooling Families podcast or who are members of Teach Them Diligently 365 or attend Teach Them Diligently events, a primary goal for them is the discipleship of their children, raising our kiddos to know and love God and people. I wanted to make sure that you're aware of a fantastic discipleship resource that's available each week within our Homeschool Subjects newsletter in partnership with our friends at The Voice of the Martyrs. The Taste and See Homeschool Prayer and Geography section publishes each Sunday night, and it highlights a country of the world where our brothers and sisters in Christ are persecuted. We've packaged it as both a geography resource where you can study where that country is, what the culture is like, and even taste what the food is like, while you also get more insight into what life is like for believers in that land so you can pray for them as a family more effectively. To get access to that resource, first of all, make sure that you subscribe to the Homeschool Subjects newsletter at homeschoolsubjects.com and then request your free global prayer guide from the Voice of the Martyrs at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash V-O-M. Again, you can get your prayer guide at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash V-O-M. You know, David, I was, uh, it was last Sunday morning in church, and I actually wrote about this last Sunday night in Homeschool Subjects, but one of the pastors was giving announcements, actually, and he shared a, a story that he had read, a kind of an illustration type story that he had read about a ladder. And he said, imagine climbing the ladder of success and then find out that it's leaning against the wrong wall. And that just struck me so much because I feel like in our culture today, we are pushed to strive, 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 push, gain, climb, all of these things where we're always feeling like we have to be in motion, we have to do more. But my fear is that if we're not intentional about that, that we're going to find that we've climbed the ladder, but it's leaning on the totally, totally wrong wall. Well, I. So I, I think that we're always moving and the situation that people are in is, is that they don't realize it. They think that there's actually, you know, neutral, that neutral actually exists, that they are not moving right. unless they set a goal or they're not moving if they're not striving something intentionally. But the truth is, is that they are. Yeah. You know, whether you realize it or not, you're always moving in some sort of a direction. Right. And you always have things that are priorities to you, whether you're conscious of them or not. You are moving in a particular direction. And I think it's kind of like, you know, boats. 
right? I mean, boats on the water, they're always going somewhere. Mm. They're not just sitting still. Even when they're anchored to, you know, a rock, they're still going to be moving around. At the current is, you know, kind of the water is always in motion. Absolutely. I mean, if you ever have seen a video of a boat sped up, you know, that is anchored, it's bouncing all over the place. It's constantly moving. And we're like that, even if we're anchored to something. And some of us are, we're just floating. You're not going to sit still no matter what. So let's say that we've talked about goals a lot, but let's say that you've heard that and you had this thought, I'm going to set a goal. I need to set a goal. And, or you have a resolution, right? It's March now. We all are like three months into whatever resolution we had planned <laughs> coming into the new year. And maybe something has fallen off or maybe you're doing wonderful on your resolution, whatever it might be, whether you are conscious of it or not, you are moving in a particular direction and you move in the direction of what's important to you. Yeah. And that's always occurring. But I find that so many people live their life in frustration. A lot of the, the families that I talk to are frustrated. They're brittle. They constantly feel like they're failing when when you kind of back up and you start asking them what they're heading towards, they can't really encapsulate it. They're they're they truly are like you said floating. I I often write about or using the example of going out for a ride. I go out for a ride with the kids a lot where I don't have any kind of destination in mind. We're just going out for a drive and that's super fun. But if we were setting out on a trip, we were going on a family vacation, we map that out. We know where we're going to go. We generally know where we're going to stop in the middle. We have a plan. And that's, we, so many families are living their lives like they're just going out for a joy ride when the stakes are way higher than that. Well, and you're moving somewhere, right? And so really what a goal is, is that a goal is an opportunity. You, with us talking about goals, there really isn't the option to not set a goal. That it, option doesn't exist. Why? Why is that? Because you always move in the direction of what's important to you. And so the goal at the end of the day is what you achieve, right? You're going to achieve something. So whether you think about it or not, what you're saying is you have a goal because every action, every activity, every priority that you have in your life whether you've actually thought of it as a priority or not, your actions kind of play it out. They are all pointing towards what's important to you, which ultimately defines your goals. That's right. And so there's always a current. And so if you don't consciously go and think, okay, I am going to, I'm, I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be, I'm going to paint this room, right? If you don't consciously think through your goals, you're still going to achieve something. Either you're going to achieve what you, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be whatever is important to you. And when you say, I don't know what's important to me, well, just watch what you achieve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, How do you spend your time? Well, and that's so interesting because so many of us fall into the trap of even though we would never actually say that this is this is what's driving us. But, you know, how do we look to others? Are we, you know, are our kids involved in as much stuff as Susie Q's are down the street? 
you know, what, what are, what are other people thinking of? Or, or even, you know, I think you and I were talking about earlier, just you, you fall into these habits that direct how you spend an obscene amount of time, whether it be, you know, scrolling through Facebook on your phone or Instagram or, you know, just other distractions, entertainment, whatever. All of those things are actually driving you in a direction, but so often because we aren't intentional with trying to get to something that is important to us, all of those easy things are what actually drives us most often in a direction away from what we would we would actually say is important to us. Uh, yes. And so what you're achieving and how you spend your time is a huge indication of what is important to you. Whether you are denying that, whether you are, are saying that this is important to me, but you're actually moving in this particular direction, whatever it might be, what you achieve and what you do actually indicates what is important to you. And so you're going to have a goal. You're going to have a direction no matter what. And that's really what a goal is. A goal is a direction. We often think about it as reaching the top rung of the ladder, right? Mm -hmm. We think of it as I am reaching for something and it can be, it can be that for sure. But a goal really is direction. I am setting the boat in, you know, this direction. I'm headed this way. And so whether you say that or not, you are going to be headed in a particular direction. Right. And so the goals, when we talk about goals, what we're saying is, is that really you have an opportunity to get ahead of all of this. Mm. You're not, you're not a victim. You're not subject to the current. You don't have to be. You can actually steer your own ship, right? And what we're telling a lot of families is you need to steer the ship in the direction that God wants you to steer right. the ship. Right. And that's an active process. Now, keep in mind, again, circle back around. You're going to achieve something no matter what. Hmm. The goal is the opportunity to actively steer the ship. And so you need to actively do that. And so we go through when we talk, you know, we've talked about goals on several podcasts. And what we tell people is, is that a really powerful goal has four layers to it. And I'm not going to go into depth on this, but there's that big why, there's the benchmarks, there's the control, and there's the habits. And if you will put links in the podcast and all that, so you can get to all that stuff. So uh, because that's an entire podcast in itself. But you need to actually say, I want this. Okay. Now, what is it going to take to get there? And this actually came up, this discussion that we're having right now, it came up coming out of Cedarville and our single day event. And the reason why is because I was talking to a dad and he was worried about his, about his wife because she was tired. She was feeling tension. She was feeling like she wasn't really doing a good job. And he wanted her to have peace. You know, he wanted her to feel good about what she was doing in terms of being in the home and homeschool. Right, right. And so that's one of the reasons why they came. And we started talking about what their goal is. And he started saying, stating to me, okay, Mike, our goal is actually that our our children know Jesus Christ. We want to disciple our kids. I was like, okay, what does that look like to you? And that's where we spend a lot of time 
in our discussion. But we circle back around and what we realize is what was weighing on her was she was using a curriculum that had very long chapters and she wasn't getting all the way through it. And so it actually started causing her to doubt herself. And she was she was pushing, pushing, pushing to get through these chapters and get through this information. And that actually what she does indicates to you what is important to her. Right. She wants to make sure that her children are, you know, getting this academic stuff that she is getting through the chapters that started becoming what her goal was. And she was actually losing sight of what the main goal was. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Right. And this is really where I get very frustrated with a lot of counsel that I hear for homeschool families. Because of this, it's very easy to tell people, well, teachers in school don't get through all the material. You know, you don't, you never had a class when you were in school where they finished the whole book. Fine. That's all true. But that's such a cheap fix, really. What we really want to do is give people the confidence that comes with aligning their goals with their mission and then allowing their activities to come up behind it. We talk about that in the Heart School book, the Heart School class, you know, pretty much every week here on the podcast. You know, it's just so important that you get a a view for what God has really called you to do, first of all. And then you allow that curriculum, like you were talking about, to be subservient to your mission and your goals that are much bigger than any long chapter in a history or science book. But to just deal with that history or science book is not going to help people long term. It may give you a giggle and and a little bit of peace and confidence for that moment, but they're going to find themselves right back in it again. And the fact that teachers don't make it through really is is not a big, doesn't give an awful lot of peace when you're faced with it again. But remembering that, you know, we just had a really great conversation about this one nuancy point that my second child picked up on in that long chapter. And we went and spent a ton of time discussing it and and how it impacts our lives and how great God is for what he has done in this thing, creating this thing, orchestrating this thing, whatever it may be. That's where when you start seeing that as the primary educational part and the fact that that is teaching your kids to know God better, to appreciate what he's done. It's teaching them to think and to love learning because you're going deeper on the things that stand out to them. That's where we can give people real hope because now you're taking your curriculum and you're lining it up with what your mission is. Yeah, and so you can only have one top goal, right? You can only have one mark. You can only have one top. There can only be one first priority. And what happens is, and and you know, I feel like sometimes that we talk about this in terms of the people that are struggling in this area, that it's like a big failure mm-hmm. for them. And I, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that there's a lot of things that conspire against you that causes you to actually struggle with, you know, where what you're pursuing, what you're chasing, trying to put curriculum on the top line or trying to put academics on the top line above Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that conspire against you on that. But 
what you're kind of describing is is that they're actually tr- they have they have a conflict right right they are allowing this rivalry to exist between academics and Christ where you need to put everything in its right order and if you get everything lined up the right way it's amazing how it falls into place and not only that with it falling into place but it's not the same level of burden right that's near the same level of well and that's the thing speaking as a homeschool mom I one of the things that I write about in heart school is a whole new set of benchmarks a whole new set of how I'm looking at how I set spent my day so all of a sudden what I deem a successful time spent is no longer necessarily that I got through everything that was in my planner. Sometimes that happens. Hoorah, that's great. But it isn't necessarily dependent on that. My benchmarks have much more to do with I know my kids better. We had fun learning together. They, I saw a light bulb come on. You know, all of these different things, and I I detail a bunch of them and then, you know, hopefully set your mind just going to figure out a lot more of your own. But all of those things really do bring back, bring about a lot more peace than you could ever find in finishing a book or having your kids get straight A's or, you know, get do so well on their PSAT that they're national merit scholars or whatever it may be. Those are great things and there's nothing wrong with them. But day in and day out, what should drive you is those relationships and and making sure that you're you're setting up your day, spending your time, organizing yourself, what you're involved in, all of these other things, how you spend time with your kids in line with what God has called you to do, which for every one of us, if you are a parent, you are called to teach your children diligently to love God, love people, serve him well. And homeschooling is a fantastic tool for that. Yeah. And so, again, how do you know when your priorities are all out of whack? How do you know when you are moving in the wrong direction? How do you know when you have your own goals or you have the wrong goals? And I think this idea of being worn out, and it's not just because you've had an active day. I mean, you are just emotionally spent, brain tired emotionally spent, you're agitated, Mm -hmm. you're anxious. That's a good indication that you're moving in the wrong direction or that you have the wrong goals or you're not pursuing the right thing. And there's a, uh, in Psalm 115, which I talk about on a regular basis, it actually talks about the, the, the person who creates idols. And what it says is, is those who make them become like them. And what that means basically is that you become like this statue that is being created. You have eyes, but you don't see. You have, you know, you, you have a nose, but you can't smell. You actually start to become numb and you become, it sucks the life out of you. And when you start sensing that, it is a very strong indicator that some level of idolatry has Repped into your life and in your day. And when I say idolatry, we all struggle with that, right? I'm really sensitive about feeling like that we're beating people up and saying, you're an idolater. And it's like this. Uh, 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 I'm really coming at after you. I mean, 
idolatry is something that every single person yeah. struggles with on a daily and hourly basis. Didn't Spurgeon say that our hearts are idol factories? Was yeah. Spurgeon that I, said that? I think so. I think it might have been Calvin. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was. Anyway, one of the great, really, really good yeah. creatures of the past. Oh, and so, you know, I want to be real careful that that the people that are listening don't feel like we're beating them up. Right. Say there's idols that have crept in. Because we all struggle with it yeah. on an hourly and on a daily basis. And that's the current that you're naturally going to go down if you don't, you know, actually direct yourself. And, you know, Jesus Christ says that his yoke is easy, right? And so if it's not easy, if it's not something that gives you joy, if it's not something that gives you peace, if it's something that creates agitation and anxiety in you, there's a really good indication that idolatry has crept in. And so what you need to do is you need to step back and you need to reevaluate. You need to say actively, I'm going to take control of this. And here is where my mark is. My mark is Jesus Christ. And my goal is to bring my kids to Jesus Christ, right? Suffer the little children to come to me. I'm going to bring my children to Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, what does that look like? And how would I reorganize my thoughts? How would I reorganize my day? How would I reorganize my schedule with that being my goal? How am I now going to teach history with that being my goal? How am I going to teach math with that being my goal? And so on. And that's what the process is all about. And that's kind of what we talk about on a regular basis, which you talk about in, in, in hard school. In Heart School, you know, that book, Heart School, that you wrote really kind of sums up what you get when you come to a Teach Them Diligently event. I mean, that's what, that's kind of the baseline of what all the speakers start with. That's the baseline of what we talk about on stage when we're introducing the speakers and we're giving the vision statement and we read you know, Deuteronomy 6, and we sing two or three songs before the keynote, all of that, that's what we're about. And it's, you know, your home is your Jerusalem. And what you're doing is really gospel work, and you're the best one to do it. Oh, absolutely. And so many people mystify discipleship so much. They make it so hard. It's such a concept that, that they they struggle to wrap their head around when actually it's the most natural thing on the planet. It is truly an overflow of what God has put in your heart for your children, put in your heart for him. And that comes out in conversations, in time spent, in direction of your family, all of that. As you as you follow those goals that God has given you, the discipleship elements, taking advantage of those moments, those in-between times that we talk about so much around here, becomes a very natural, habitual, you don't even think about it most of the time type of a process. But it starts on your knees. It it starts with recognizing that that you are inadequate without the power of the Holy Spirit, without God directing your steps, without falling on your face before him every day and seeking his will and his his way for you and your family. And that's ultimately where those goals get refined and and where your marching orders really come much more clearly into view. Absolutely. So we are 
out of time today. I trust this has been helpful for you. I, I hope that it's allowed you to kind of start thinking about things in a little bit different ways. If there are things that are just sucking the life out of you, if you are brittle and and just really weary in what you're doing, then you may want to step back, take a look at what your goals are and how they are showing up in your actions. Because a lot of times when you do that, you're going to see that what you say your goals are, are not what your actions indicate that they are. So you want to line those things up. I would be very, very happy if you would pick up the Heart School book. I think that's going to give you a lot of insight. If you go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book, you can find that there. It's available for download. We have just gotten in the printed copies. We hope to have those available on site in Round Rock this week. So if you're coming to Round Rock, you can pick up a physical copy there. If not, we'll have them available shortly thereafter. But I would really encourage you to read that because I think that you'll find that a lot of what is in your heart to do with your children, you're going to find it unraveled. And and actually some step-by-step ways to achieve those things that you may have found have gotten a little complicated because of kind of intertwining goals with practice and all of these things that we've been talking about today. So I encourage you to pick that up. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to get that book. So as we go, I want to encourage you once again to remember that the Great Commission really does start at home. If you want to reach your children's hearts, if you want to point them to Jesus, then allowing your goals to order or to help you order your days, order your priorities, order the way that you are spending the time with them is going to be incredibly impactful on everyone. So I encourage you to take some time, talk to your spouse, make sure you're on the same page, and then look at what's in your life and what may be out of line with your priorities, what may be getting in the way of you actually going for the hearts of your children and remove that friction. Now is the time. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. 